With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. a Celtic state of mind. I'm Paul John Dykes and I'm delighted today to be joined by Alonis Conley and Liam Carrigan for what is the Tuesday Axon Bulletin. Declan McConville is otherwise engaged. I think he's talking to the gaffer. Therefore, I'm going to stand in for him because I was missing yesterday, but for good reason. I was paying my respects to Francis McGarvey, who was late to rest yesterday. Lawrence, favourite memory, Frank, either on or off the park, you decide. Oh, you know, it's hard to see by 85 cup final winning goal, but 
to, to be honest, he just been in his company. He was just such a down to earth, funny guy. He just had time to speak to everybody, and I don't, you know, did he realise how much a legend he was? You know, over hundred goals for Celtic, I'm not too sure. But you know, he, he just thought he was. Every time he spoke to me, he just thought he was a really lucky guy. Uh, I, I just thought he was a brilliant human being, mate. He was just so humble, engaging, funny, time to speak to everybody. You know, it's, maybe these days, kind of that touch with footballers that have got a real touch with the fans, you know, right through the life. Maybe that's dying out, but Frank was what a character. He was, he definitely no. was. It was unbelievable, wasn't he? Uh, Liam, I think we're from similar eras, the three of us, to be fair. So um, you, you, Lawrence, probably remember him as going to the games and seeing him playing for Celtic. I came yeah. just after that that period because obviously he left in 85, Liam. But what, what are your memories of Frank McGarvey, either on or off the pitch? Well, funnily enough, as, um, as, a, as I was talking to Lawrence about it just before we came on air there, um, I, I grew up in, in Cumberland and Kilsyth, so I saw, I saw Frank McGarvey turn out for Clyde a couple of times towards the end of his career. Um, but funnily enough, uh, my dad and Frank McGarvey were actually uh, high school friends. They played right. together for, um, uh, I think it was St. Catharines Boys Guild. Um, and uh, yeah, um, my dad said that even then you could see what a player, you know, they were like 11, 12 years old at the time, but you could see what a player he was then and what he was going to become. And uh, yeah, sure enough, he was the one guy in that team who ended up making not only making the grade, but becoming an absolute superstar at Celtic. Um, not that you would ever know that to speak to him, because as we've said, he was a very very humble and very generous man and uh, not the kind of, not the air of a superstar about him at all, but very much the ability of one. Oh, for sure. Um, yesterday, obviously, was very uh, touching. The eulogy by Frank's son was unbelievable. I know some people might have actually tuned in to um, watch it on the live stream, but, I mean, what a difficult task that must have been for Sean. And I've got to say, uh, it was outstanding. I mean, to be able to deliver it and keep your cool, but also add that wee bit of humour in, Lawrence, that you always got when you spoke to Frank as well. Um, fair play to Sean for being able to pull that off. I thought that was tremendous. I remember, uh, just to share this with you, before we talk about some of the other things happening in the world of Celtic, we were up at a game, Celtic were playing St Mirren, one of his uh, former clubs, of course, and Frank put a few quid on Celtic to win 7-0. What was the score? 7-zip. He went home a happy man. He went home a happy man that afternoon, that's for sure. Um, really keen to hear your thoughts. There's loads happening in the world of Celtic. Obviously, we're in the midst of January transfer fever and Celtic have been um, linked to so many players. It's difficult not only to keep up, but also to try and, and determine What's a real link? What is paper talk? What's coming from the barbers, hairdressers, taxi driver, whatever it was that Anne said? And obviously, there's a lot of talk about some of the players that might be leaving as well, Lawrence. But Jungle Lion comes in straight off the bat. We're talking Yakamakis, and he reckons realistically Celtic need two more strikers if he leaves. I'd keep him until the summer. Now, I know where he's coming from because we were talking um, about the January transfer window before the solid links started arising in relation to Yakamakis, Lawrence. And it was my take at that point, we needed a striker in any case. I get that we've got players like Haksabanovic, Abada, Maeda, who can play down, down the middle. Um, but I, I just thought that was a position we were a wee bit short in. And obviously there is loads of speculation at the moment. 
where are you with Yakimakis? The story yesterday on Sky Sports was that uh, Celtic have agreed a fee and he's on his way to Japan. I'm going to come to our Japanese correspondent in just a second. Where are you with this situation with Yakimakis, Lawrence? I'd be surprised if we went well by the summer, but it looks like they're going to. I, I was with you. I, th- I thought we were short, and it proved so last season. You know, Joey Dawson had to play up up front to get a bit of game time because doing okay in the, the B League just now, but uh, I thought we were light there. So if you sell them and you bring them on in, you don't, you know, I said it the other week, you don't know if you're signing Robbie Keane or Tony Cascarino. So, you know, what you're getting at least with Yakimakis, you know, you're going to get a goal return. So I think, yeah, two in. But, but just to get back to Frank. You know, you're saying when he's playing, that's a guy that turned down extra money from Aberdeen to sign for Celtic. Fergie tried to take him to Aberdeen. Mm-hmm. Every strike partner he played with at Celtic had a phenomenal goal return. You know, mm-hmm. McCluskey, Nicholas, McClare. You, you, you know, he, he, you know, what'd you do for a Frank McCarthy now? You know? He was yeah. so unselfish, Lawrence. He was so unselfish. Yeah. And when you look at some of these compilations that um, people put together of his goals, it, you can see why he was called the rubber man. He just, you know, <laughs> bobbed and weaved and never hit the deck. He was unbelievable. Yeah, it, it would just be, you'd be thinking every player that played with him, you know, he made goals for him, didn't he? As well as scoring a bar of load himself. Mind you, we used to play with two strikers then, all those old-fashioned ideas. But... Two strikers, Lawrence? Dearie me. We're lucky to have two strikers on the books at the moment. Um it's... One other thing now that you, you bring it back up is it was good to see Murdo McLeod uh, also out there representing um, his ex-teammates as well. He was there uh, at Frank's funeral. Um, but Yakimakis, yeah, I'm with, I'm with Lawrence on this one, Liam. And the more I bring it up on, on the Axom shows, the more people are coming into the comments section saying, why don't we keep him? What's going on? Is there something in relation to the contract that, that Celtic have made a monumental boob? Uh, that we're we're actually now in a situation where he's under contract, yet we're going to let him go. And we're not only going to let him go, we're going to let him go for what I would say is a bit of a paltry free fee. We're looking at three million quid. Well, here's the thing. If you if you subscribe to the idea that there's a buyout clause, which is what's being mooted, um, Juranovic's buyout clause is supposed to be about seven or eight million. Um, I don't see why Jack Amakis's would be any any lower than that. So even if Urawa were seriously going to pay four million for him, uh, I don't see that being enough. I think Celtic would want at least double that. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I as I said last week, and I stick to this, the the whole Urawa Reds move just does not make sense for the player for either club. Um, for the financials, it, it just does not add up on any level. I don't see how that move can go ahead. Um, and there's nobody in Japan talking about it either. Um, Urawa have came out and said that they want to make a challenge for the title this year. They're a bit like, um, how can I say? I guess they're a bit like Newcastle, if you think of it, to compare it to the EPL, right? They're, they're a Newcastle. They're a team that have got a few quid, got a big support, but have not won anything for a while now. So the pressure is on for them to... Because the expectation is that they should be consistently in the top three in the J-League, mm-hmm. um, if not winning it. So I think the the finalists said, and as I said, they've got the financial backing of Mitsubishi behind them. Mm-hmm. So they're gonna, they've got the money to spend. Um, but the J-League 
finances don't usually you don't usually see players coming into J League for seven or eight million quid. So I just the um of the clubs that have been mentioned, Sampdoria makes a lot more sense to me than than Urawa does. But that seems to have gone a bit quiet in the last couple of days. So I really don't know. But no, as a as I said in our group chat, it's a bit risky, but I'm gonna say it publicly now. If he goes to Urawa, I will come on here wearing a Rangers jersey because I do not think it's going to happen. I'm That's that Liam, you will not come on here wearing a Rangers jersey next week. You will not be in the studio. I'm interested though, Liam. Um, obviously, any sniff of a player moving mm. in Scottish football, not only is it all over the mainstream press, it's all over all the fan media sites within seconds, right? And everybody yeah. covers it. What is the culture like in Japan? So if there had been an interest in Yakamakis, is that the kind of thing that would be reported on? Generally, you don't read about moves here until they are either have happened or are imminent. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd heard rumours about Maeda, and, for example, right? I had no idea about Hatate. That completely blindsided me when that came through. But again... The first I read about it was on the in the Japan Times, which is like the big English daily newspaper here, uh, on Hogmanay. And he signed for Celtic the next day. So, mm-hmm. you know, literally the day before it happened was when the story broke. Um, so it was... Um, that's the way it is over here. It's like, don't go with speculation, go with facts, which really is how journalism should be done. But... Um, I think most of the mainstream media in Scotland gave up the pretense of proper journalism quite some time ago. Um, but the idea is do not, over here, don't go with a story, and it's not just football, it's in general. Don't go with a story unless you're absolutely sure it's true and that you can back it up with evidence. Um, and of course, in football, nine times out of ten, it's speculation rather than evidence. So you don't actually read that much gossip in the sports pages here. That's interesting. Very interesting indeed. Yakamakis then, loads of rumours. He's been linked from everybody uh, from Michelin to Sampdoria uh, to a move to Japanese football. He himself has added a wee bit needle to proceedings. His latest social media output included enjoy every moment like it's your last. He did follow that up though, Lawrence, by going uh, on about going to the final next month. Will yeah. he be a Celtic player by the time we face Rangers at Hamden? What do you reckon? I don't get someone else here. I hope so. Uh, definitely hope so. Uh, th- th- there's one thing that worries me, I suppose, about Yakimakis and Juranovic. It's, it's these buyout clauses, you know. I thought we'd get rid of them after Viduka. <laughs> you, you, you know, and now it's rumoured that we're going to lose players, but is it been you know, really low fees compared to what we should be getting for, for them? But... Yeah, I think we'd be mad to let him go unless we've got a replacement coming in. I don't know we were after the, the South Korean boy and it, that, that didn't work out. But, yeah, it, it'd be crazy to let him go before then. Well, what happens if Kyogo gets injured? You know, even when you want to change it, you know, both of them get minutes. How do you change it? It's, yeah, I think it'd be silly to let him go. But. If, we're looking at, if we're looking at minutes, as you mentioned there, Lawrence, last season... Um, Yakimakis played 1,471 minutes and he scored 17 goals, which is a goal every 87 minutes. This season, 1,046 minutes, a goal every 116 of them. Overall, he gets you a goal, Liam, every 97 minutes when he's on the park. Now, there's That's one okay thing... That's okay Ross County, mate. Sorry? Goal every 97 minutes is okay at Ross County. <laughs> 
Uh, oh, I see where you go. Yeah, yeah, I see where you're going with that one. Sorry, yes. We'll get to we'll get to uh, that in a moment. With regards to that that record, it's an excellent record. We know it is, but he hasn't been appearing as often, I'm sure, as he would like. Um, or, you know, it may be that there was some kind of agreement that they would look at the contract and he's not happy with what he's been offered. That's all speculation. However, there is one thing, Liam, that Ange tends to do with players. Is he'll, he'll bring in a player... And I think a lot of the time you see this up top where they can play a number of positions. So Maeda, for example, Abada, Jota, mm. you know, they can they can even Kyogo uh, and they can play two, sometimes even three positions on the park. That lack of versatility is one of the reasons I think Yakamakas gets so few minutes because there is only one option for him when he comes on. Um, mm. And the only time he's changed that, the only time Ange changed that is when he brought on Yakamakas and didn't take off Kyogo. And I kind of, I was surprised at that because that was against Rangers and Kyogo eventually scored the, the equaliser. Is that one of his biggest downfalls, do you think, as much as anything else? The fact that he's not as versatile as everybody else within the forward positions? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I'd, if I'd say it's his fault or rather it's other players' uh, attribute which puts them above him. Mm-hmm. Um, because most other teams, if you're a striker... You know the top goal scorer in the Eredivisie before we signed him. Um, you know you would expect to be deployed as a striker, but Ange's particular team, and particularly with the the Japanese contingent, who, as I've said before, versatility is something that's bred into them from a very very early age. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's expected that you can play multiple positions, and it's not really Jakimakis's fault that he's been brought into a team that has that expectation, but they know that he's not that type of player, yeah. which is why this could be another kind of, uh, you know, another um, Timo Puki type scenario where you've got a guy who I think did is done okay at Celtic, definitely. I mean, his record shows he's done okay, but he'll go somewhere else and be sensational because he'll play in a team that's more, far better suited to his abilities. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he'll get the games. I keep, I keep saying this, you know, imagine him for Celtic. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Playing 30 games a season, you know he would score goals, you just know it. But the way that, that Andrew's obviously uh, built this team that we have at the moment, Kyogo is the, the first-choice player. Um, every time Yakimakis comes in, and he proved it again at the weekend, I think that he uh, definitely approaches it like he wants to play for Celtic. He's not one of these surly strikers that you know is, is chucking the boots off at half-time, i.e. Mark Viduka, um, or coming out and saying anything in the press as such, uh, a la Pierre Van Hoydon. You know, he has made a couple of points, I think, on social media, but um, when you see him playing, Lawrence, and as we've seen it, uh, you know, against Kilmarnock, he approaches it like his life depends on it. I mean, we were talking about his involvement in the game at the weekend there, where 
on the 82nd minute, you know, there's a call for a penalty against them. We'll come back to that in a moment, Lawrence, before you give me your theory. Um, and 84 minutes, he's winning a free kick 40 yards from Kilmarnock's goal. And then in 86 minutes, he's scoring a goal. I mean, the way that he has approached it, and you've seen it in the league game as well, where he did everything except scoring a goal, Lawrence, isn't of a player who's unhappy or who's throwing the toys at the pram, is it? He's 100% professional. You know, I just said that, you know, he's complimented, you know, his application and training and on the park, which to to me is the minimum we should get from players. We've seen other players that have clearly chipped it, you know, you know, Edward being one, you know, Ibrox just wasn't. So, yeah, it's great that he does that, but I think all professionals should be doing that. And testament to him that it does and it maybe says more about the players we've had that didn't do it mm-hmm. you know at the end of the day they have some job they're getting paid fairly decent money for it so they they should be given an application but, but just on the decent money I was reading the Pierre gave a recent interview claiming the, that statement was stitched up the, by the press it still kind of rankles him he thinks that statement was uh, spun slightly wrongly that's by interesting. the press. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Because it's, it's painted a picture for years, Lawrence. It's painted a picture, you know, among Celtic fans for a long, long time. This is a the, was it the fifteen grand is okay for the homeless? Is that the, the quote, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. So he said he that was spun wrong. You know, if he hadn't been in contention for Holland, he would have probably liked to spend more time at Celtic. He thinks we've stitched up with him, but I don't know, would the press sit, stitch up a Celtic striker? Um, I can say on good authority they did. Um, I've uh, been in Pierre's company. He's named the person who did it. I won't name them here, but it was a very prominent Scottish writer at the time uh, who basically took the quote and used it completely out of context. Um, What Pierre actually said was that 15,000 was not what he would expect for someone who has performed as he has. And he said, I'm a footballer, I'm not a homeless guy. Right? He didn't mean that 15,000 was, you know, all right for a homeless person. What he actually meant was, don't treat me like I'm a dosser because I'm a, I'm a good player. That was basically that. It, it, yeah. He worded it badly, but that was the point he was trying to make. And uh, yeah, the journalist did take it and twisted it and contorted it. And let's just say that that was not the only Celtic player that fell victim to this particular journalist. Um, I had it years later when I was working in the Scottish press for a while. I had it independently verified by other journalists over a few pints that yes, this particular journalist had form for stitching up Celtic and Rangers players in order to get the the exclusive, shall we say. Deary, deary me. Now, how does that, or why does that not surprise us? But there you go, Pierre. I remember being there that night, he made his debut against Hearts, scored a great goal. We drew one each, as we often did um, in that season and the next. And, you know, it is, it's funny how that paints a picture of Van Hooydonk's legacy at Celtic. Um, in that, you know, back then it was printed, therefore it must be true. And obviously I think we've learned, particularly with the advent of um, this kind of instant news, that it's not always the case. Now, we're in another League Cup final, Lawrence, and it's the seventh in ten years. Now, I remember growing up, and I used to always look at the honours within the, the inside pages of the Celtic programme, and it was League Cup 
and the wins were always nine. And it never went up. We won the League Cup in 1982-83, and then it never went up until Wim Janssen won it. We had a terrible record in the League Cup. Uh, but in recent times, in the last decade, of course, seventh final in 10 years, we have won the previous six that we've been competing in. And it's been announced 26th of February against Rangers at 3pm at Hamden Park. Now, the SFA have made a statement, Lawrence, in relation to trying to optimise the playing surface because it, it, it did look pretty shoddy over the two games at the weekend there. Do we have time? Do they have time to optimise that playing surface? You know, they're getting heat lamps out, won't they? Uh, the growth lamps. I'm sure there's plenty of people in Glasgow with growth lamps that if I need an extra, I could tell them. Speculation. But, <laughs> you know, cold weather, a lot of rain, not a lot of sunshine. sunshine. It's not good for growth. That joke's a bit of a slow burner, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's going to be hard work for them, let's be honest. You know? Yeah. They're going to be throwing lots of sand on it, I think, but... Uh, yeah, they can do what they can do for it. It's the amount of rain we've had. It, 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 it was going to take a pound, and especially you know our game that day was playing and talking up, and it was that way. I thought it was danger the game might have been called off because of so much rain coming down. Because you, you know, pitch was just going to go to pieces under that. The thing is, Lawrence, who else is playing there? How how often is that that pitch actually being played on? And it's a national stadium. It's it's. One of the moments of the season that obviously uh, will be beamed out to a global audience. It's an advert for Scottish football and the pitch is absolutely shocking. So the volume of water in a short time and then playing on top of that, well, it's that, that wet, isn't it? You know, the pitch is just going to cut up, you're just going to wreck the pitch. I, you know, I, I was surprised, you know, we went ahead with it for that coming down because you thought that will just decimate the pitch and yeah, it wasn't the best, shall we say. So how do they get it back into a decent condition for the final? Who knows? But I'm surprised that's the only thing they, they choose to release statements on. There's been a lot more controversies that are maybe within their gift to sort out that the part that will remain silent on or not stop, talk about specifics. But well, well, as well as the pitch, Liam, I'll come to yourself on that one. Um, mm-hmm. As well as the pitch, there were other controversies over the weekend and obviously that involved both games um, I didn't watch the second game, I kept an eye on it obviously to see who we would uh, be playing in the final, so I kept an eye on it on my phone to see what the score was, I wasn't watching the game, didn't look at the action seen the big calls, sending offs non-sending offs people mm. throwing punches etc but let's focus on the Celtic ones because obviously um, due to the fact that the Yakimakis incident in his own box didn't result in a penalty um, means that everybody else is a conspiracist. And how dare you say that there's a, a you know a pro kind of bias for any other side because you didn't get you know penalised on one occasion? Unbelievable. Uh, carry it's, on. It's it's like you know when you have those stupid political arguments with people on Facebook or Twitter, right? And they've got some extreme view about something. And then they managed to find one one tiny example that 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 backs up what they're claiming. They say, "See that that this proves it. This proves it." And it's like, no. So one dodgy penalty claim in Celtic's favour does not suddenly invalidate the dozens of decisions that have gone against us wrongly since VAR came in. Um, but that's the narrative that everybody's running with. I mean, the Daily Record the other day, they're 
their hotline headline was something like, "Oh, you know, Celtic conspiracy theorists are outed." Or I mean, it was it was like it, honestly, it was like something again, something you'd read on some sort of a you know partisan political blog rather than an actual newspaper. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's it's poor. And I mean, I'm going to go through the decisions within our game and see what you think, because you, you certainly haven't commented them about them on a Celtic state of mind so far. Lawrence, I'm going to come to you first. Yakimakis um, obviously wanted to make an impression. He found himself tangled up with a Kilmarnock player, um, and obviously I think he was keen to go down, but Yakimakis did look pretty clumsy. Uh, the typical striker all over the Kilmarnock opposing player. There were calls for a penalty. Colm said no. Did he get it right? Ah, mate, for me it's a penalty. See when Bassey tackled Yakimakis like that last season, I thought it was a penalty Celtic. It was the same type of challenge. What's he doing? <laughs> you, you know, what kind of challenge? You can't just barge into the back of somebody. You, it, it's a penalty, mate. For me, anyway, it was a penalty. I thought it was a penalty last season and Bassey done it Yakimakis. I think that's an offence. It's, it's not challenging for the ball. He's just barred into the back of the guy. And, yeah, the guy's been down easy, but you're not entitled to just running at the back of the guy to try and put a wee bit of pressure on him or to put him off balance or you know make it harder for him to control the ball for me it's, it's okay see there you go Lawrence Connolly if anybody was going to say that wasn't a penalty it was you Lawrence you're balanced you're fair fair play to you uh, Liam what's your take on it I totally agree um, yeah it was it was there wasn't any malicious intent there wasn't it was clumsy rather than vicious, but it was definitely a penalty. Yeah, no question. See, when I'm looking at this, right, and this isn't conspiracy, I'm, I'm looking at Willie Collum, the referee, as a human being, right? And there was a close-up of him, and he's basically saying, I saw it myself, no penalty, right? You could see the body language, you could see what he's saying. And I'm wondering to myself, right, if we rewind to where he was the, the VAR referee, he was the, the guy sitting at VAR and beaten uh, and all his wisdom was basically telling Callum McGregor, it's not my decision, it's not my decision. So he's basically doing a wee bit of that. It's Colum's decision, and it went against what we would have expected. So you've got the Ferrari over that. And then that's obviously been something that, not that particular decision, but that's something that Ange has brought up in press conferences. He, he's spoken about consistency, he's spoken about VAR decisions, right? Um, and then you've got a couple of decisions that don't go our way, rightly or wrongly, and we'll discuss them. And, and it's resulted in, you know, the referee basically disallowing two goals for Celtic. And we'll come to them in a minute, because you might think both of them should have been disallowed. And you've got the furore uh, of previous weeks in relation to Celtic, under Ange Borsacoglu coming out and questioning the, the quality of some of these decisions, and indeed VAR. And he's looked at that thinking to himself, what's the reaction going to be right now if I give this penalty? against Celtic. Does that come into his mind, Lawrence? I'm thinking the human element creeping in to the scenario with that particular set of circumstances surrounding Colm. Does that come into his uh, state of mind at that very moment, do you think? Well, listen, without doubt, he's paid and trained to not let that debt affect his decision. Without doubt, it comes into his mind. What happened? said, what's going to happen? You can't, you know, it's like, don't think a black cat. You know, when you think a black cat, he cannot help but think of that but he's paid and trained not to let it affect his decision. If he genuinely didn't think it was a penalty and didn't give it, only he'll know how much an impact that had on his decision. For me, you know, it's a penalty, but yeah, it's going to come into his mind. But he should be trained that it doesn't, you know, 
affect his decision making on it. Same as uh, we would expect any decision, you know. I was speaking to Fred Tony Bone uh, for the back up at Celtic Park. He says, oh, he thinks, you know, what the referees are trying to give decisions against Rangers. Should come in yet. You know, they're, they're, they're trying to make these decisions impartially. And they're paid, more importantly, to make these decisions impartially. But that, that's the same That's the same argument, Lawrence, isn't it? I'll, I'll throw this to Liam. D- does it get mm. to the situation where there are certain individuals scared to make decisions? I mean, I, I've used the, the scenario there that actually worked in our favour, which is fine, right? Mm. But with the set of circumstances, does it make the referee afraid to make the decision? And is that the case time and time again? Um, you know, for other teams who often benefit from the, the decisions that are made? I've often said that all the issues with Scottish referees are a combination of incompetence and an element of corruption, I believe, personally. My personal view, not the view of this of this show, but my personal view is that it's a mix of both. But let's let's just put it this way. Let's just let's just set aside any idea of corruption or whatever, right? With what has happened in the past couple of weeks, with the ongoing furore around the how VAR is being interpreted in Scotland, uh, that game at the weekend was a very politically expedient time to give Celtic a favourable decision. Uh, let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. You're right. Yeah. You're absolutely spot on. What about the other decisions then? We'll start off with a goal that I, I put there in the same bracket as Jotters against Motherwell. One of the goals, Lawrence, is going to be lost to the depths of time. A thing of beauty. Yeah, it's called offside. Was it offside? Was, was this the goal? This is the goal. Kyogo goes offside. Maeda's finish is superb and he's called oh. offside. Yeah, the fast come in. We've actually got an image that shows him offside. The cameras were working, apparently. You know, and they, they could show it. He's offside. Yeah, you know, far worked as it's meant to, and they can show an image that can prove it. You know, if they hadn't been able to prove it, maybe they had to. Well, they could have just used that an image that proved nothing and given it offside. But I think, but yeah, it was offside. The image proves it. There's not much to argue, I don't think. The other one that you mentioned, there's the there's talk that it's a handball. Um, what's your take on that? The one that Hatati scores and that's chopped yeah. off. I think that should stand. You know, it's come off his hand. He's moved his hand in. Where he's trying to make his spirit sales more vigor. His hand's moving towards the ball. He comes off his hand. Give the first offence. It should stand. And you're, you're going to go on to the Cameron Carter Vickers get pulled down by three Kelly players as he's jumping up but for a head on the box as well. No replay by Bar. There was a pen, you know. So, yeah. But yeah, I think the second, yeah, you know, that one should have stood. You know, it's handball, so I think it should have stood. What's your take on it, Liam? Do you agree or disagree with Lee, uh, Lawrence? Yeah, I agree with all of uh, all Lawrence's conclusions there. Yeah, I think uh, first goal should have been, uh, should rightfully disallowed, which is a shame because, as you say, beautiful finish from Maeda. Mm-hmm. Um, the second goal, unintentional handball. So to me, it's not a handball. It shouldn't be a handball. Um, you know, the rules might say it is, but you know, it shouldn't be. Um, so that goal should stand. And, uh, yeah, the Carter Vickers one was, a, I actually think, a much more blatant uh, penalty than the, the one that Kamarnock were rightfully kicking up hell about after the game. There you go. So, actually, we got away with one, but 
it's been evened out because we should we should have got one at the other end. Um, yeah. This is going to rage on. I'm pretty sure we're going to be talking tomorrow uh, about tomorrow night's game. Also, potential replacement should Yakamakis leave, and also that all the talks been on the Greek striker. Uh, we're forgetting that Juranovic is meant to have been leaving for Barcelona, Manchester United, Chelsea, Atletico Madrid, Monza and various others. Let's get some comments in. Paddy Lavery up. You'll be uh, at the Axon Live show on Friday night with Chalky. Afternoon all, by the way. Uh, it's good to see and hear from you, as always, Urban Kilche. The snow is back. Good day to all Axon addicts. Yes, it would appear that there are a few of those, which is great. Come on, Axon, where are you? It must have been 29 seconds after half past, George. <laughs> but we definitely went live, as it said, 12.30 on my dial here. Uh, Martin O'Neill, um, who we will also be joining uh, in February next next month in Glasgow Live. Uh, probably a different Martin O'Neill role. Afternoon, Axon, and an afternoon. Good afternoon to you as well. It's always good to see uh, some of the regulars coming in underwater, cabbage salesmen also. Now, we've got Danny Riley. We desperately need height in our forward line. This is linking us nicely into the eventuality of replacing Yakamakis. The amount of corners converted into goals is nowhere near what it should be. Mm. They're easily dealt with by the opposition. Yes, they are, actually. And I think a lot of the time... Uh, the frustration has been, I remember after the Aberdeen game, Ange talking about the way he wants the ball delivered into the box and it was being delivered properly and no one was there. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. And these were kind of low crosses, uh, fizzing across the face of the goal, and we didn't have um, the conversion we should have had. But let's talk about replacements then. I'll come at yourself first, Liam. There's been mm. a few players who are listed on the tagline, um, all of whom except Nisbet we've already discussed. Cho, ongoing saga, we know what he can do. He played well at the World Cup. It all went a bit quiet. Um, but he has come back out in the last 24 hours, apparently, and saying that he would be up for a move in January. So will we reignite that interest? Um, who knows? And obviously there is the younger element uh, of those who have been targeted. And uh, Vlodacek, who's a 20-year-old uh, goal machine, uh, he can play through the centre um, as well. And, you know, there's Kevin Nisbet. Nisbet's name has been linked in recent days. And I'm thinking it's more gossip than anything else. What's your take on that, Liam? He's, he's obviously come back from a serious injury. He's scoring prolifically for Hibs. Um, Hibs look to be uh, selling, I think, Porteous in his January window. Would Celtic be interested in a player like Nisbet? Uh, I don't think so, to be honest. Um, no disrespect to Kevin Nisbet. He's a fine, young Scottish player. But uh, 
I think we need to go a bit higher in quality because we need players that can compete in the Champions League and he has not shown that he can do it at that level yet. Um, you know, Cho hasn't either, but he's done it at a World Cup, so <laughs> that's that's as good as, in my opinion. Uh, Vlodercik is an unknown quantity. Uh, certainly the marketing people will be hoping that we sign him for the shot number sales, you know, but um, uh, <laughs> get a chance to get rid of all the extra Zs and Ys we've had left over since the last time we had any polls at the club. Zuraski, that's right. But see the point on that one, Liam? He's the type of player that if there wasn't the speculation around Yakamakis and we were going into February with both Kyogo and Yakamakis still at the club, he's a type of player that you're thinking would be a decent buy because it, although he's trying to push for a first-team jersey, he's 20 years old. I'm, I'm loath to call him a project signing, but he's mm. got that kind of youthful element whereby you're not expecting him to be the first pick maybe this year or next, but he's a better option than the aforementioned Joey Dawson, who, although he's doing well at B-team level, that's the fifth tier of Scottish football, and the step-up is is great, as we've seen. Don't you think that he would have been warmly received had we not been looking to offload anybody? Um, yeah, yeah, possibly. Um I, I mean, of, of the three options there, Cho is the one that I want because I think he's got everything Giacomacchus has and more. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got more of a physical presence. He, he is, I think, about the same height, but he, he commands the air more. Um, you know, interesting to note that all his World Cup goals were headers, uh, despite the fact that, you know, we tend to think of Asian strikers as being smaller. Um, he definitely isn't. He's six foot and he, and he shows it. Um, but yeah, I the Vlodercik's an interesting one because it's a player I don't know very much about, but everything I've heard has been positive. And I think that assuming that Cho is getting cold feet about a move to Europe, as seems to be the case, uh, Vlodercik's a good plan B. I think mm. Nisbet not quite for me, but Vlodercik I'd be I'd be I'd be okay with. Um, yeah. Well, it is interesting. I'm going to bring up some of the, the points here because, yes, Nisbet is being discussed because his name has arisen in the last 24 hours into the speculation section of Celtic potential signings. We will discuss them. We'll look at the validity of them, um, how good the sources are, but also the players themselves and whether or not they would fit. What I would say about Nisbet is I've watched them pretty closely because obviously he played for a couple of five clubs, Lawrence, and I was made aware of him um, probably fairly early on. I know that he had some spells elsewhere that didn't quite work out, but he was prolific at Wraith Rovers, he was prolific at Dunfermline, so I was aware of the player. Um, he goes to Hibs, and initially I felt that you know he, he was a, a right good prospect. Then, prior to the bad injury, he lost a bit of form, didn't he? He lost a bit of form, and it's only now that he's coming back into the kind of form that we we witnessed prior to um, the loss of form last season. Is he a player that I think is Celtic class? I'm not sure, because I think that there are certain players that there comes a point in their career where they need to transform, not just you know uh, in terms of their mentality, but also physically. And I think a player like Ryan Christie came to Celtic and we bought him because he had bags of potential, but he wasn't ready to play first-team football for Celtic. He goes out to Inverness, Cali straight away. We then put him out to Aberdeen, but there, there's a point in his career and his progression where physically 
he develops and he comes back to Celtic apparently one and a half stone heavier than what he was when he left. Um, and it was pure muscle. And, he, and he, physically, he uh, transformed himself. And I think at that point, he was ready to be a first-team pick for Celtic. We've seen it elsewhere uh, with various other players. Um, and I'm not saying we should have signed him, but I think you've seen it with London Dykes. He went to QPR, transformed, became an international footballer. I don't think Nisbet's done this yet. And, and I, I don't think, you know, until he does, that he's a player that I don't think physically he would he would be the player that Celtic should go for. He's got potential, but I don't know, you know if there's more to come or if this is his peak, uh, Lawrence. There's some questions in the comments saying why we're we talking about him. He's been linked. He's been linked to Celtic. Um, is he a player that, that you think Celtic should pursue? I think he's a decent player. Knows where the back of the net is. Presently, whether he could bulk up, bulk up, I don't know. You know, I don't know what he's doing in gym. Maybe that's kind of his natural fit state. He's 25, going on 26. Very similar style with Kyogo. Is he giving us something different from Kyogo then? Maybe not. You know, so, you know, what strikers have struggled to get over the line that have been a success? Certainly not Skepovic. And who else? There's other strikers that have, the transfer just seems to have dragged on and I don't, Remember one where it's dragged on, kind of working out. So the Polish boy's 20, it's a bit to go on. There was Almasi as well, maybe a tall striker we all we'll liked with as well, wasn't mm-hmm. there? Slovak boy, 6'4", and he's 7 and 12. But for me, this bit, I think he's just a bit similar to Kyogo, even, you know, even if he, I think he's a decent player, and if he was of the right quality, it's up for debate. But if he is, I don't think they're bringing in anything that's different enough from Kyoko. Well, you know, I think Yakimakis does give us something different, Lawrence, and that's that's a good point because if we bring someone in, you want them to have elements of their play that are no too similar. And uh, by the way, in case you're thinking, well, Nisbet looks like a strapping, he, he is, he is physically. However, I'll go back to Van Hoydonk when we signed him. And I remember at the time, uh, the, there was a scene in the end of season video that you used to buy, which very, you know, invariably didn't have much to to sing about. But there was a sign in the PR, and he's in the dressing room, and for the the press, the assembled press photographers, he was to put on a Celtic top. So he takes the top off, and the physique, obviously, it just wasn't it wasn't there. You know, he was carrying a bit of weight. I mean, he's a big guy, right? Puts on the Celtic top. You fast forward to him scoring a free kick against Rangers for Feyenoord. Remember, he takes his top off and swings it around his head and he's ripped like Yakamakis. He's got this, this honestly, this physique that's that's unbelievable when you compare it to when he signed for Celtic. And I think Yakamakis has got that. And what do you get from that in terms of the strength? The hold-up play Yakamakis has is unbelievable. And I think you can add percentages to a player's game like Nisbet. Um, but yeah, he has been mentioned and we have spoken about him. Scottish internationalist, of course, he's now won 10 caps. Pete McGee, please, please, please stop talking about Nisbet. He's not as good as Yakimakis. I agree with you on that, Pete. So why the hell should we be interested? I don't think he's as good as Yakimakis either. I mean, that that's one of the biggest arguments I would also make. You know, it's going to be very difficult to replace this guy. Um, Thunderwater cabbage salesman, really? Nisbet in the tackling? What if he signs? <laughs> What have he signs though? We're going to have to embrace him and welcome him with open arms. Um, and here's another point about Frank McGarvey. Jungle Lion points out he played in an era when all your mates stood together at games and the crack was much better than this seated nonsense now. Well, 
you did uh, obviously have a completely different experience at the game. But this crossed my mind last night as well. Um, the, the actual camaraderie amongst the team, the teammates, I mean, they, they came out in their numbers yesterday, as you would expect, Liam. But mm. there was there was a real um, bond with, with that era of footballers. Now, part of that might have been that players stayed longer at clubs, perhaps, Liam, but it was a completely different culture back then, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, that that's, that's the thing. Like, you know, I mean, I, I remember going to see Celtic in the early 90s and then, like, um, my... One of my dad's friends at the time was uh, Pat Clinton, the boxer, who was training with Celtic as part of his boxing training. And so, you know, you would see Celtic players and, we'd, you know, you'd, sometimes you'd go and have a drink with them, whatever. And it wasn't like, oh, a celebrity. It was just like, these are just normal guys who play for Celtic. Then they go for a pint, the same as everybody else. But I can't really imagine walking into a pub in the town now and seeing, like, Kyogo or Dyson standing there or done a Guinness. You know, I, just, I can't really... <laughs> can't really picture it. I think the culture has moved on, unfortunately. Um, Guinness and, not uh, big in Japan. What's that? Is Guinness not big in Japan? Uh, it's expensive, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> 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 You're looking at about eight quid a pint um, last time I was in Tokyo. So. <laughs> oh dear. I wonder what, it, what it's like. Apparently, obviously, where you get it will determine how good a pint you get. Lawrence, you can maybe keep me right on that. We've got a big game tomorrow. Every game's big, but we've got a big game tomorrow night that we're going to talk about. We're going to be facing a team who are the only side domestically to have um, beat Celtic, and that's St Mirren, of course, this time it's at Celtic Park. Gary Oliver, I don't feel we need another striker if we have Kyogo, Mieda, Abada, Dawson, Vata, who can all play there. Uh, I would love to see us go for Duke, who bullied Sefko and is having a great season. Um, mm. You know, there's, there are some players within the domestic game that often you know, fans turn their nose up it and there's others who we don't. And I sometimes wonder about that as well because there are players who are going elsewhere and doing really, really well. Um, and then their secondary moves are putting them out of the price range or the wage bracket uh, that Celtic could afford or are prepared to pay. Um, so I think that we should always keep an eye. Maybe Nisbet's not the right player, but we should always keep an eye on emerging talent in Scottish football um, because the talent is there. Now, we're playing St Mirren tomorrow night. Lawrence, um, obviously, we won't be wearing that grey strip, which has been blamed for the defeat earlier this season by some. Any changes in the start of Ah, Keep it the same for me. You know, it's poignant to be playing St Mirren though, isn't it? You know, but yeah, I would just keep it the same. Yeah. Provided there's no injuries, you know. I think Burnaby, there was a point in the first half, I don't the players trusted him. Got a wee bit better in the second half, but he's definitely needed minutes because he looked, I think he looked nails off it at the weekend. So, but what options do we have just now? You know, I think we spent a lot of money on him. You know, he didn't even look a one million pound player at the weekend. So I think he's going to need minutes. But if he change anything, I'd say he's more in danger of getting dropped. But I wouldn't because I think to get the guy needs minutes. He needs to show what he can do. This is his chance because, you know, he's not turned it under the time, Greg's, but he's straight back out of the team, isn't he? And, yeah. You know, where does that lead? Where does that lead? You know, there's a lot of money we put in him. If he's not able to do it between now and Greg and fit, it looks like money down the drain. Right. You, you've opened up the question at Bernabe then. Um, tomorrow night's game, Liam, I'm looking at that. 
one of the surprises for me was that Johnson missed out at the weekend. I thought Johnson in the two games that he's played so far was excellent. There was a suggestion that he's, although he's spoken about the inverted fullbacks, there's maybe a wee bit to learn in terms of the positional aspect of that, and that's maybe why he dropped out. There are very few options at left back, but what we do have in Bernabe is a player that we've invested about three million pounds in. Uh, we brought him in from, um, you know, Argentina, first Argentinian. You know, it's been written a, a lot about to play for Celtic. There's always going to be a bedding in period, the, the changing culture, the changing pace, and and all that of the Scottish game, but. Lawrence highlights not a dilemma, but the situation in that he's not playing particularly well, I don't think, defensively. But you take everything else into consideration and he does need games. So for me, with Greg Taylor being out there and there being absolutely no natural left back to step in, and I'm not about to pull somebody out my B team in a fifth year of Scottish football to do the job, you know, of a player that we've just paid three million quid for, you stick with Burnaby. You continue to give him the games until Greg Taylor's fit. Because, I mean, we've even tried to play Juranovic out of position and it didn't work out. Where are you on this one? Well, um, one of our players won his previous club's player of the year playing at left back, and that's Rio Hatate. So, we've seen him do it at right back and he had an all right game. Um, stick him in at left back. I think uh, St Mirren are going to be a more physical team. They're going to come at us in a more aggressive way than perhaps even Kilmarnock did. Mm-hmm. And so what I would do is put um, put uh, put Hatati into left-back and uh, bring in Iwata to the midfield to add that wee bit of extra dig and uh, free up Cal Mack to go a bit further forward. Um, I think that's the perfect solution because at the end of the day, as much as we want Burnaby to become a good player, um, you don't just my opinion you don't pick a guy because he needs games to improve you pick someone because they're in form and they've earned a place at the moment Burnaby has not earned a place in that team as far as I'm concerned that that is a, a bold statement Liam but I know where you're coming from now tomorrow no, night Kyogo played, played through his dropping form you know yeah, yeah you flip it you know it's, I know it's got opinions but if you look at Kyogo no, no, that's that a good, that's an excellent counterpoint. You, aye, you're, you're, you're right there. If Hatati lines up at left back tomorrow night, Liam, I hope you've got a couple of quid on it. But where does it leave Bernie? I know it this is the thing. What does it do for his confidence, Liam? Um, aye, you know, aye. I, I, I relatively, I say young, uh, in terms of coming over here and adapting to everything that's been happening. Where does it leave his confidence? He's had a bit of a stop-start career, wee bit of on off the park problems as well. I would. You know, we're all really wanting him to do well um, and really push Greg Taylor for that jersey. But at the moment, I've not seen enough defensively. There's been wee moments in games like, you know, the through ball uh, in the first Kilmarnock game. Superb pass, defence splitting pass. Um, so there, there are elements of his game that are good. But I, I think only with time will he be able to, um, you know, improve as a Celtic player. Will he get that time? Because... I agree with Lawrence. As soon as Greg Taylor is fit, he will come back into the side. But that that change that you made, Liam, just before I move on, would that mean the other midfielder would be Moy, or would you would you bring back in O'Reilly? I would start with Moy and have O'Reilly on the bench. Um, again, slightly more physically imposing player, which I think is what you need against a team like St. Man. Um, 
and Moy is on form at the moment. He's he's playing well. Um, yeah, I would I would stick with. Assuming that if if Celt, if you know if Ange's listening and thinks that's a good idea and decides to play Hatati at left back, um, yeah, my midfield three would be uh, Iwata, um, Kalmak, and Moy. Right. No, that would be interesting. I'm always keen to see new players. I don't think we've seen a great deal of Abulgan. He's kind of disappeared from view. Uh, Awata and uh, Kobayashi, uh, Lawrence, we've not seen yet in Celtic jerseys. Do you think we'll see an appearance from them tomorrow night? I think probably Awata from the bench. I'm not too sure about Ange doesn't normally change his centre-halves during the game, so I would doubt it. But you never know. You know, you might, you might be four or five up the half time and he might just feel like giving him a run out. Now, Barry D comes in uh, to comment, Nisbet would be good backup for the SPL, but uh, need a Champions League striker. Um, So we'll see how that develops. I'm pretty sure there will be loads of moves, and it would not surprise me that if and when Ange Postacoglu unveils this one signing that he says is still in the mix, it's probably a player that we've never heard of. That would not surprise me in the slightest when it comes to Ange Postacoglu and also the way that we've been doing uh, our transfer business. But I do want to talk about Zhiranovic, though. Uh, Liam, Zhiranovic is a player that, you know, some had him out the door at the beginning of the season. We kept a hold of him. He has a Champions League campaign under his belt. He now has a very impressive World Cup campaign uh, with a team that finished thirds. Yet, he's still a Celtic player. And there's only a couple of weeks left of this transfer window. We bought in supposedly a replacement for him. We've now got three international right backs at the club. Um, having, you know, 18 months ago only had one tour name, uh, which was Tony Ralston, who wasn't an international. Um, where are we with, with Jaranovic? Is that something that we're going to allow just to, um, you know, make its own kind of progression? If he's still at Celtic after this transfer window, would you be surprised? Not particularly, but what I think will happen, because it's not like Giacomacchus, whereas if he goes, we need to sign a replacement. right? There's a debate as to whether we need to sign another striker anyway, but we definitely need another one if, if, if Giacomacchus goes. Um, with, with Juranovic, the replacement is already there. He's already played for the team. He's already bedded in. <laughs> and you have an excellent deputy in, uh, in Ralston. So that is covered um, what might happen is you might get the 11th hour, um, you know, someone comes in with a, a, a 10, 12 million pound bid on the last day of the window and it gets rushed through. That is what I think could happen. That's when, you know, you might have like a Barcelona or a Chelsea last minute. Let's just go in and grab him because Celtic are amenable to letting him go clearly from what is being said. Um, but, the difference between being amenable to selling a player and needing to sell a player, mm-hmm. right? Right now, if you offered Rangers two Bob for Morelos, they'd bite your hand off, right? Whereas, Juranovic, we can say, uh, no, you're all right, we'll just hold on to him. We've still got three and a half years on his contract. We do not need to take a, an offer that doesn't suit us. Um, the player can say what he likes about whatever club he wants to go to, but Celtic have his contract. If we don't take the offer, he goes nowhere. So we do not have to sell him. I think we could, but we certainly don't have to. Do you think that might happen, Lawrence? Uh, Once the the clubs with lots of money uh, get into that last couple of days and uh, there's a couple of clubs who are are perhaps 
offloading some players and they're desperate for a right back, do you think we might get what we believe Juranovic is worth? Or is he going to remain a Celtic player? Well, I think Lee puts it perfectly, you know, it's we're in complete control of the situation. There's no pressure for us to do anything. Andrew's ahead of the curve again, he's got his replacement in. So yeah, it's likely that the transfer market will hot up towards the end of it. It could be an injury somewhere. Someone could sell someone for a big money and, and, and you know want to reinvest it in Juranovic. But at the moment it's kinda a very calm situation to be in, which isn't quite the same up top. You know, if if Yakimakis goes, we really do need somebody in. Uh, quickly somebody scores goals and, and, and kind of just getting back to this but I was just thinking you know obviously you come from Hibs you know, Champions League standard back up for SPL remember you know Scott McDonald came in wasn't going to be Champions League standard mm-hmm. no, he's a Motherwell player he done alright for this Champions League he did, he did, and he, and overall, uh, when you look at his goal scoring record, um, you know there are players, and again, I, I know that we we signed Lee Griffiths from Wolves effectively, but he was a player who had made his name in the Scottish game, um, and he came in, and you've seen how prolific he was over a over a period. Um, another player who I'm going to mention right now, actually, that uh, came in and didn't fail to score, came in from Motherwell for sixty grand, I think it was, was Brian McClare. And Chalky is joining us on Friday for Axom Live. So if you want to see the whites of her eyes, come along. It's Gracie's. It's actually sold out. You might get a ticket out outside. But I'm about to give away two tickets because, um, as is the way, uh, we have had some uh, people coming to us who want to help us out because they're they're very kind-hearted and they have that Celtic state of mind. And they have said to us, Sean McGee is the, is the gentleman's name, if uh, two of your viewers want to come along, Here's my two tickets. So he's emailed me the tickets. I can email them out to a winner. And I think between the next three and a half minutes, we could devise something that will allow one of the viewers right now to come along. Um, two tickets to see Brian McClare with a Celtic state of mind. I've got a question, uh, which I think we could ask, unless one of the guys has got a better one for me. Durban Kulci, Moyers on Modern Day, Billy Stark. There's a wee mm. blast from the park. I love Billy Stark. I really did. Mm. Uh, and John Francis, Hart, Johnson, Carter Vickers, Starfelt, Carl McGregor, Moy, Hatate, Maeda, Hugo, Abada. Right. Who's playing left back? Hatate. Hatate, yeah. Well, Carl. There's only 10 players <laughs> in that team. John. John, there's only 10 players in that team. Come back to us with a left back. Right. There we go. Now, we've got two tickets to give away. Um, before we do that, remember to subscribe to A Celtic State of Mind on YouTube. Like the video, give us a big thumbs up because when you do that, it just does something with the algorithm and more people get to see it and it jumps up on recommendations and more and more people get into the old Axom um, community and that's what it's all about. Brian McClare is joining us on Friday. Can I just say, this is a this is a, an event which isn't just two chairs, a table, a glass of water and a Q&A. This is going to get you on your feet. It's going to get you involved. It's going to get Jockey involved as well. Um, and I have informed them of that. So we've got a few different things we're going to be doing. Um, Brian McClear scored at Love Street. You know, when I think of Jockey, I think of Brian McClear in the, in the lime green away strip, right? He scored that day. Um, but he, he revealed to us previously, right, that his biggest concern going into that game was the fact that he'd gone to the hairdressers on the Tuesday before it. And what he had got done, he was really worried about how it would look on the telly. 
Right, that this is Brian McClare for you, boy. This is his humour, and there's plenty more of this coming on the Friday. What's your memories of Love Street, Brian? Oh well, you know, I went to the hairdressers on the Tuesday before it, and I was a bit concerned how my hair would look on the telly, and he scores that goal. So think back, right? Here's the question: What did Brian McClare get at the hairdressers on the Tuesday? Was it a perm, highlights, or a fade? What was it? What did he get? Now, I'm going to ask Liam and Lawrence what you think it is. The first right answer that comes up on the comment section wins the pair of tickets. What did Brian McClare get at the hairdresser? Was it highlights, a perm, or a fade? And he was so concerned at watching Scott Sport and Sports scene that weekend that that's where he went in. He went into that game thinking about his hairdo. Liam, what do you think it was? <laughs> Oh, well, he's, he's, he's a bit of a power merchant. I'm surprised it was near the hairdresser's phone number that he got, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Potentially. Uh, We've got a winner, by the way. I'm going to say we do, we do have a, a, a winner, um, but I'm going to ask Lawrence as well, what do you think he got at the hairdresser's on a Tuesday? So I, I think that 85 was a bit late for the perms, I think. I think I don't even have a clue what it is, but I do remember... There's a number of players get highlights. Is 85 a wee bit early for that though? I'm going to go with highlights, mate. I don't know what fade is. I think it's too late for the perm. So I'm going to put that. I'm just going to go with, go with the perm. I'll go with the perm. Liam's going with the perm. Now, listen, this is what the, you're going to expect for Brian McClure on Friday. This is the type of stuff it gives you. I mean, listen, I don't. you don't find out what happened in the dressing room, but you find out what happened at the hairdressers on the Tuesday, right? <laughs> Stephen Gallagher reckons a fade. Paddy Lavery, a Mohican. You've got your tickets, I can see, Paddy. You, you know that interesting. Um, we've also got a mullet coming in from Robert Highland, and although he did have a mullet, that's not what he got on the Tuesday. Good shout, though. Uh, Tam Mack reckons a highlight. James Riley, a fade. Lawrence is uh, frantically Googling what is a fade um, to try and figure out what that actually is. Keith Oakden, a fade. But the first person to come in with the correct answer, right, which was a perm, <laughs> is Russell Conway. <laughs> now, he says permed mullet. He's got the perm in there. Russell, give me your details. Get in touch, my friend. I think you may already uh, follow us on Twitter. Uh, and let us know, Russell if you can make it on Friday. If you can't, if you want to throw the tickets back into the pot, we'll run it again tomorrow. You were right, he did get a perm. And because it started raining at Love Street, he was concerned with the frizziness. This is Chalky's words, wait, not mine. Wait. 1985, he wants to be bloody worried getting a perm. <laughs> I'm telling you, not that I've been rough. Did, was that not the kind of period that, that Bono even had a wee bit of a perm going on in the mullet? Nah, you had the mullet yeah, first, then you got it perms. Frankie did the mullet, but mate, I always think perms like Alan Ruff. And... They're, they were quite tight. They, they were tight. Was David Proven a perm? Or was that, that was a perm. Oh, that was a perm. 100%. 100% perm. Oh, yes. Yeah. But, I mean, it was kind of the mullet bit that you got permed. So there you go. Brian McClare, perm. Russell Conway, you've just won two tickets for Gracie's, my friend. Get in touch. And we will uh, look forward to seeing you on the night. If you want to come and see us live, the only tickets at the moment that are available are Danny McGrain tickets in March at Gracie's. Uh, I don't know if Danny, if I've got a perm, we'll ask him. We'll ask him, right, Nick, in March. The uh, ticket link is underneath this video, as always. Thanks, everybody, for supporting what we do. And thank you once again, Liam Carrigan, Lawrence Conley, for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind.
Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio is a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.